BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have guidelines at the Department of Justice and the FBI in which they draw lines around politically sensitive topics, especially when we are near election time, because you do not want that department to look like a a bunch of partisan thugs. Um, And that apparently has all been thrown out of the window. Um, The news about Perry is particularly alarming and also in a slightly different category, too, because this is the executive branch intruding on and seizing a phone of someone in the legislative branch. Again, an area that the department has traditionally been very reticent to violate. That's Kim Strauss of the Wall Street Journal mentioning a uh, somebody in Trump's orbit had their phone taken by the feds yesterday in addition to the raid on Mar-a-Lago um, on Monday, which we all know about. As we mentioned last hour, there is a shortish list of people uh, to whom we go for opinions and perspective because we know whether we agree or disagree, it's going to be worth considering. Andrew McCarthy is high, high on that list. He was an assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, wrote a fabulous book called The Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency, senior fellow at National Review Institute. I'm sorry, uh, National Review contributing editor as well. Uh, Andrew McCarthy joins us. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thanks. Um, Trump lovers and Trump haters are pretty excited about this story, obviously for different reasons, but it seems to me that there are quite a few pundits out there, left, right, and center, who think there's no way the feds went into Trump's house, did something this norm-breaking just because of archive retention. Is that your belief? 
Yeah, that's my belief. I think it's pretty clear that what they're very interested in is January 6th, that, that, you know, they had enough evidence with respect to the records retention and the classified information aspect of it that that gave them a, a basis to get a search warrant. But the way the law works, once you have a lawful basis to go in to do a search, even if the search warrant gives you permission to search for crime A, if while you're in there you find evidence that's relevant to crime B, you don't have to ignore it. You're allowed to take it. So I think what they really wanted was a legal basis to go in there and do a wide-ranging search that would help them with what their priority is, which is the January 6th investigation. Right. I realize this calls for a fair amount of speculation, but I'm squinting, I'm making my squinty face, trying to figure out, all right, what would be in a file box in a storage room in Mar-a-Lago that would relate specifically to that? Or in the safe. Right. Yeah. I, the way these investigations work, let's think for a second about what you think they think they need to prove, right? They are trying to make a case that Trump is involved in a conspiracy to commit election fraud. And the biggest challenge for them, because Trump had a bunch of people telling him that there was no fraud and he kept going out and saying there was fraud. What he's going to come back and say is, I totally believe that there was fraud. And I had plenty of people who were telling me there was fraud. And when the Justice Department told me we looked and we didn't find any, I didn't believe them because I believe there was fraud. Um, So what I think the Justice Department is trying to do is develop evidence of Trump's state of mind at the time to try to show that he didn't really believe what he was saying publicly. So when you're talking about, like, getting evidence of what somebody's state of mind is, you're not really going to find, like, a smoking gun memo that says, here are the five ways that we're going to commit election fraud. You know, Mm -hmm. what you're looking for is contemporaneous conversations that he was having with people at the time which would show or indicate that he didn't really believe what he was saying. And, you know, that may not look like a smoking gun when you first see it, but if you're a prosecutor or an investigator and you're aware of all the other evidence of what everybody else said, uh, some things that look like they're innocent on the surface take on a different cast. Why didn't they just subpoena this stuff? Yeah, that's a very good question. So I think there's two explanations for it. Um, uh, both of which are um, alarming. One is, it seems to me that the political left, particularly the Democratic Party's base, is very impatient with uh, Garland. They think he's too passive. You know, they don't know why Trump hasn't been indicted already. They think he should have been drawn and quartered like years ago. So he doesn't. Under- they don't understand why Garland hasn't moved on this. And there's been a lot of agitation. So I think a lot of what the Justice Department has done in the last six weeks is theatrical. Like, for example, you know, they did search warrants on these two lawyers at the end of June, Eastman and Jeffrey Clark. Um, They didn't need to do search warrants on those guys. They could have given them subpoenas. They could have given their lawyers subpoenas and told them, you know, this is the stuff we want. Have them turn it over to us. Eastman had just been in a litigation over emails out by you guys in California. Um, when he when they when the committee asked for his emails, he didn't go and destroy the emails. He went to court. And when he lost, he, you know, the, the, the people got what they wanted. So we're not dealing with people who are going to destroy evidence. Yet they used search warrants. 
and they did this search warrant yesterday. So you have to worry about are they doing, are they being more intrusive than they need to be in order to project to the Democratic base that they're being energetic and aggressive and they're really serious about this investigation. So that's one interpretation. The other bad interpretation is they think that they're dealing with people who would destroy evidence if you gave them subpoenas. Mm. So they feel like they have to have the element of surprise. So I give you those two things. Neither one of them is is, uh, is very benign, but, uh, you know, it is what it right. is. Andrew McCarthy, National Review contributing editor on the line. So I, you've, you've kind of touched on this, but the narrative on especially the super enthusiastic Trumpy right is that this is third world banana republic uh, usurping of the democratic process, blah, blah, blah. Um, is that uh, too fevered or do you think perhaps in the Justice Department's uh, you know desire to appear to be doing something, they have edged into banana republic territory? No, you know, I think it's too early to say that. It's, um, you know, look, I think from their perspective, and just so you know uh, where I'm coming from and what my bias is here, I think if anybody can be shown by strong evidence to have been involved in violence, then that person should be prosecuted no matter who it is and no matter what ism it is that, that prompted the the violence here here. Um, but if we're if we're not dealing with violence then the cases that they're trying to to make on trump the charges that they're investigating are things like um did he obstruct the congressional proceeding where they count the electoral votes or has he committed a fraud on the government uh, which is a very elastic uh and and i think much abused statute that we have in the law that allows prosecutors to essentially criminalize things that Congress has never gotten around to criminalizing, right? So with respect to those things, I I, I kind of agree with what Attorney General Barr said, which is that if you're going to have the Justice Department interfere in electoral politics, the only time they should ever get involved is what, what he called a meat and potatoes crime, which is to say a crime that's so clear that everybody can wrap their brain around it and see the merits of prosecuting it. But if you're talking about things where, you know, the Justice Department is essentially, you know, trying to criminalize a loopy legal theory, like, you know, John Easton had this theory that that Vice President Pence didn't need to count the electoral votes. You know, when I was a prosecutor, if we were going to turn into a felony, a frivolous legal theory, I'd have been prosecuting five lawyers a day. Um, you know, we just don't we we generally speaking, don't do that. We give a wide berth for politics and we give a wide berth for legal interpretation. And I think if you're going to have a situation where it's the Justice Department for the first time in history prosecuting a former president of the United States, it better be a clear crime. It better not be like one of these things where the Justice Department was thinking about new ways to push the envelope of complicated statutes. I, I just think if they go that route then people are rightly going to think that the Justice Department is being weaponized for political reasons in a way that it wouldn't be in a normal case. Right. So getting so this becomes politics more than than law. But if you're if your theory is correct, that they 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 got a warrant for something that they can probably pull off. You got some stuff here that you're supposed to turn over, uh, but they're really looking for January 6th stuff. Isn't that the biggest roll of the dice in political history if they don't come up with something? Well, what do you think? I mean, I, I think that if nothing happens, 
then this will be forgotten. I don't know. The number I mean, of never-Trumpers that I've heard, um, pe- people on the right who had soured on Trump or never dig, dig Trump are now are like, hey, you better show something big here. I just wonder if he's going to get a ton of sympathy out of that crowd. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, here, I think the smarter Democrats um, have concluded that Trump can't win a national election. So their dream scenario is that the Republicans nominate him mm. and then he runs. So I, I think a lot of this by the smarter Democrats is trying to goad Trump into running and to fire up his base so that he becomes almost I, I actually heard somebody say this on the Republican side yesterday, that he should just be nominated by acclamation. Yeah, I heard that. too. I, <laughs> yeah, that was a former uh, Huckabee, former Governor Huckabee said Trump should be nominated by acclamation at this point is a stance yeah, but, against the, the evildoers. <laughs> And he'll lose, and he'll lose in November by twenty points. Um, wow! You know, I mean, I, I just think I, I think they're crazy if they think. Look, I, I, uh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't do political punditry because it's it, it's not necessarily my line of work. But I, I but I always think that you know, Trump won by the skin of his teeth, with miraculously with forty six percent of the vote in two thousand one, which is very hard to do in a, in what's essentially a two person. Race, right. But a lot of things broke his way. And then in two, in 2020, I think when the dust settles, he kind of lost the conventional election. It wasn't even by, you know, historical standards. It's it's like in the tier of of close elections. It's kind of low. It was a close election, but it was uh, it wasn't that close. Um, and what's happened since the election is the Capitol riot. You know, we had two months of the stop the steal craziness and the Capitol riot riot, which you know, pro-Trump people may see it one way, but most of the country is is horrified by it. So I think Trump had a hard enough time winning a national election where everything had to go right for him. And he was running against a historically bad candidate and he barely won by the skin of his teeth. He lost the next time, even though he was the incumbent. And now he's got to run if he runs with January 6th around his neck. And I just don't see how he does it. So so if I'm the Democrats, I'm just trying to be I'm not trying to be pro Trump or anti Trump. I'm just trying to, you know, just right. be logical about this. Um if I'm the Democrats, I want the Republicans to nominate him. Just like well, the Democrats are running around, you know, funding all these pro Trump candidates because they think they're gonna be easier to beat in November. Oh man. As if politics isn't ugly and confusing enough. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, The National Review, I'm afraid we're out of time, but we sure appreciate the perspective. It's always great to talk. Let's do it again soon. I sure I, I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, uh, interesting. I don't, I don't uh, he knows way more about law than I'll ever, ever possibly know. Uh, that's what he's done his whole life. But I think he's wrong about the politics. I don't think Trump loses by 20 points if he ends up the nominee. If, if this turns out to be a nothing burger, oof. Yeah, I don't know. I, does this have staying power? You seem to think it does. I'm, I'm still not sure. Uh, that's true. Let's that's talk a, more about this when we come back. That's many years from now. Everything will be forgotten in a couple of years. Practically anything. Yep. yep. Um, we got to tell you more about the inflation numbers that are just out. There's some good news and bad news and a bunch of other stuff on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm at the back of my head. We'll talk 
more about the breaking inflation news a little bit later. It ticked down, but it's still historically high at about 8.5%, but more on that later. Yeah, as I said earlier, we've gone from being punched in the face every 10 minutes to every 15 minutes. So don't try to sell me that uh, the great news, as some you know publications are. So I'm thinking about our conversation with Andrew McCarthy about the uh, Mar-a-Lago raid and the possible prosecution of Trump and him uh, ruminating that perhaps the Democrats who have been funding Trumpian candidates around the country are prosecuting him, knowing... It will cause sympathy and increased support for Trump. And then Trump will run, which is good because they know they can beat him. And I was reminded of, excuse me, a number of years ago, I was reading a spy novel. And and I, I totally get a spy, right? You can understand that. And a double agent. That I get. That's fine. But in this in this novel, and I wish I could remember what it was, the name of it. This guy was a triple agent. He was a spy. He was like spying for the British, but he told the Nazis, I'm spying for the British. I want to be a double agent. But secretly, he was really spying for the British. Aren't you just the the first one again? (laughs) Yeah. That was my question. Why don't you just spy for the British? <laughs> I think you're the first one again. Well, right. But so as this guy was going through the plot, I found it so stressful because I couldn't keep straight in my head. Would, now, which of your goals are you trying to? I don't. I um, and I think I probably just didn't even finish reading it. It was too freaking confusing. And I was. It was also stressful because I know in my head, you know, and and my wife will tell you this. One of the reasons I'm a good husband is I know I'm far too scattered to ever be dishonest. I won't remember what I said. I will, I'll forget my own nefarious plot. And so <laughs> so instead, I just try to live my life in a straightforward way. Um, so that whole triple reverse, triple agent to brand the politics, good luck with that. How about you just, like, serve the people? Figure out what the the American people really need and do your best to provide it. Yeah. Hey, we mentioned late in the show. I want to make sure you hear it again. So the Anti-Inflation Act, which is really the Green New Deal in disguise, a whole bunch of it is tax credits for electric vehicles. Practically no electric cars in America will qualify for that because it's got to have an American battery to qualify for the tax credit, and almost no electric cars do have an American battery. So there's a hidden thing that nobody knew. <laughs> wow, wow. Hey, speaking of technology, uh, uh, maybe a little bit later on this half hour, uh, the United States Navy uh, just participated in a significant uh, naval exercise. And with things uh, getting froggy over by China, this might be more than an exercise pretty soon. But the future Navy was on display. Some of the new technologies, pretty darned interesting. Uh, very different th- from your classic view of uh, ships at war. Well, we should combine that with the big war games thing that they ran and how that would turn out. And that was released in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, which is pretty interesting. Mm. If we go to war with China and Taiwan all involved, how does it turn out? We we now know, we think. Stay tuned for that. If you missed an hour, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty on the Armstrong. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news. I read that Ferrari is recalling nearly every car it has sold since 2005 over a possible brake failure. So if you're still wondering, Ford won. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Thousands of men were like, that was close. My midlife crisis was almost an end-of-life crisis. <laughs> So, uh, inflation numbers out today. Inflation went up 8.5% in July, which is lower than 9-some percent the month before. So, that's seen as a victory for people who don't like inflation, but it's still historically very, very high. Just a few moments ago, Joe Biden, our current president, said this. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. I have no idea what he's talking about. What? That I mean, that's out of context, obviously, because it's a short clip, but I can't even imagine a context where that would make sense. No, that's that's crazy. That's nonsense. So I don't know what he was talking about. Anyway, so wow, maybe maybe this uh, 24-hour period is not remembered for the Mar-a-Lago raid. Maybe it's remembered for the day Joe Biden wandered off and had to go to the the, the memory care home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come on. So inflation up 8.5%, not as high as they were expecting. Again, it's still like as high as it's been in 40 years, but uh, stock, <laughs> stock, market, stock market is rallying because 
it would indicate the Federal Reserve is not going to go with some super giant rate hike, which is what Wall Street cares so much about. It's It's, somewhat less likely. Yeah. yeah. So what you uh, feel, the stuff that you feel, grocery prices were up uh, 1.3% in July from the prior month and rose 13.1% from a year. July to July, year to year, groceries up 13.1%. The fastest annual pace for groceries since 1979 Dining costs also up quite a bit. But so, yeah, the stuff that you really feel like immediately, pretty rough. Luckily, gas prices have gone down in the last month and are now below $4 a gallon um, nationally. But a lot of the other stuff is still very high. Obviously, gas prices is that immediate. You're looking at the pump. The the numbers go round and round. You're presented with a bill. It's You can't ignore it. But I would say neck and neck with that is checking out at the grocery store. Sure. For real pain to people who aren't wealthy. So that sort of skyrocketing food prices is just awful. Yeah, and the fact that inflation was up 8.5%, even with gas going down that much, is... uh over the last 30-some days is is something. But anyway, yeah. it's a tale that will be told over time because it could go back, bounce back up, or this could be an indication that the peak is over and we're headed back to normal. I sure hope that's the case. Yeah, well, we'll see, I suppose. Uh, Judy and I are going to go ahead with our plan to have a giant gasoline storage tank in our backyard. Mm. I'm told it's somewhat dangerous. I don't know. Uh, and then our, our guest room, we've converted now to a uh, barnyard. We've got a hog and about half a dozen chickens. Uh, in our guest room. I was going to make hamburgers for the kids. We're going to grill hamburgers. Henry had gotten corn at the farmer's market. He just loves corn on the cob. And uh, hamburgers are like buying steak now. Freaking hamburger! Mm. What the hell? Eating hamburgers at home is expensive? When has that been a thing? We don't really have room for a head of cattle in our guest room. Maybe one of those miniature Irish cows. You know? I assume they're delicious. Cute till they till you slit cor- their throat. Oh, jeez! What? What? Wait, barbaric! Wait, You're gonna eat I them? I thought they just gave up their meat willing. You're gonna. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. A vegetarian <laughs> friend of mine was saying, "Huh? The reality of it isn't pretty, is it?" We're having a conversation <laughs> like that. Speaking of dining, eating out, that sort of thing, uh, the Institute for Justice just put out a report called Barriers to Business, which analyzed 20 U.S. cities for how easy it is to open five different types of businesses. Uh, To cover a range, those businesses included a restaurant, a retail bookstore, a food truck, a barber shop, and a home-based tutoring business. Entrepreneurs who want to start a restaurant, for example, have 13 different fees totaling about $5,300 on average across 20 U.S. cities. But in San Francisco, the fees reach $22,650. And those costs and regulatory hurdles are in addition to the normal costs and work of opening a restaurant. So that's just money you have to give the government. Uh, they also looked at the number of regulatory steps and the number of government agencies it took to open a business. And this, it, it, it was funny. I've never thought about this because I've never opened that sort of retail business before. But on average, across the 20 cities, it took 55 steps and eight different government agencies just to open a barber shop. 
And if the cost and time burden weren't enough, the report found that in many of the cities, it wasn't even clear what all the requirements were to start a business. For example, they analyzed if the city gave entrepreneurs a one-stop shop to open a business. A portal you go to, for instance, that says, okay, you need to get your zoning thing and you're thinking, da, da, da. or some, a lot of cities, you got to figure that out on your own. You've got to chase down all the different agencies oh, and yeah. spend uh, tens or hundreds of hours doing that sort of thing. God, I got a friend who opened up a brewery and all his stories about doing that, chasing down the various this and that stood. I can't believe he had the drive to even follow it through. I mean, you got to really, really want to start a business to put out that kind of effort. It's amazing how many parts of the country actually seem like they don't want businesses to start. Right, they're hostile to the idea of business. What would make you hostile to businesses? You know, that's an interesting question. Uh, I just read an interesting article uh, by an attorney. Well, it was uh, an attorney passed it on. He said, I kind of hesitated to send this along because I am an attorney. But they made the point that the Democratic Party in particular is almost entirely lawyers. They look at all the presidents and vice presidents, uh, the leaders of the Senate and the House and the rest of it. The Republicans have been overwhelmingly business people up until very, very recently. Um, And there is an attorney slash bureaucrat slash paper pusher uh, class of people who have a very different view of the world than entrepreneurs, business people, service providers. Um, and, and they seem to have a, a contempt for those who would cook up hamburgers and sell them to people. I had dinner table events. I told this story when it happened many years ago, but I know many of you have not heard it. Um, the only time I ever considered opening any sort of business, and uh, l- luckily that fire was stamped out by bureaucrats, so I'll never you know dare to think it again. But we bought this farm that had a giant horse barn and a lot of horse stalls, and just seemed like you know why not board horses? I uh, got all this uh, you know property and horse stalls, and all the the hard part I've got done. So I went to look into doing that, and the person at the county rattled off the list of things that I was going to have to do to be able to board horses, and the and and it was just it was it was just onerous with the. Uh, uh, wheelchair access ramps and the earthquake retrofitting and you know not to mention all just the other regular permits and all this different stuff. but the main the main thing that sticks in my mind the takeaway was the tone of the person at the county their tone was and the look on their face was so oh you you child you think you're going to start a business oh yeah well have you thought of this have you thought of this it was almost a delight well it wasn't almost it was clearly a delight in bringing me up to speed in how wrong I was right. that it was going to be easy to start a business. Why would you delight in telling somebody who wants to start a business who would then make money and pay taxes and you might, might have an employee or two? Why would you delight in making sure, oh, yeah, you think you're going to start a business, do you? Well, you've thought of this. Have you thought of that? Do you know what this costs? Do you know what that costs? Okay, now you go home and think about it. Why would you delight in stopping people from starting businesses? Because you're exercising power over another human being. You think that's it? I think that's as simple as that. It was so weird. It's like, I, I, I remember thinking, why are you enjoying so much trying to convince me not to do this? 
You know, it's it's funny. I could throw around a couple of quotes, uh, the Ayn Rand quote about when you grow rich not by producing but by uh, forming connections with the government, um, or John Steinbeck. I was reminded of his famous quote. I guess this is why I hate governments. It's always the rule, the fine print, carried out by the fine print men. There's nothing to fight, no wall to hammer with frustrated fists. It's it's that. Well, they succeeded. The fine print men. They succeeded in the case of me that time, or just thought, you know, whatever. It ain't worth it. I thought I'd make a couple hundred bucks, be kind of fun, but whatever. Yeah, good job. Nice. Yeah. And, and how often does that happen? And our friend Tim Sandifer, that's what he says. There's no way to measure, no possible way to measure how many people like me have thought of, maybe I'll start this and then get beaten down and, and give up. There's no way right. to measure how many businesses don't get started because of all the freaking regulation and rules. The number of jobs that never exist. Exactly. So to get back to the study, um, none of the cities received a five out of five for one stop shop. Birmingham, Alabama, De- Des Moines received a zero. I don't thought Des Moines would be better. Good Midwestern folk. Atlanta, Detroit, New Orleans, New York, Pittsburgh and San Francisco came close four out of five. But they point out that uh, simply looking at one factor is not enough. Sure, San Francisco makes it relatively easy to navigate the process, but does that, that doesn't make up for the enormous cost. Yeah, yeah, the uh, process is impossible. They just they they do a good job of steering you toward the process that you can't overcome. So yeah, you don't get any credit for that. So, for instance, remember in San Francisco, it was going to cost you what twenty two six fifty twenty two thousand six hundred and fifty dollars to open a restaurant. Now, in Raleigh, North Carolina, one of the fastest growing regions in the country, uh, their one stop shop criteria—they're not good. They're one out of five. But instead of twenty four thousand dollars or whatever, it's going to cost you thirteen hundred dollars in fees to open a restaurant. Yeah, I think they're measuring this wrong. Okay, you don't maybe you don't need a one stop shop if there's just a couple of small fees involved. Uh, yeah, the report correctly observes, quote, you shouldn't need a law degree to start the small business nope. of your dreams. No, you shouldn't, but you do. Or you got to so. hire people, which is, you know, the cost of starting the thing. So in addition to buying the building, the property, the, 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 the grills, the whatever you're going to need to run a business, this is just the BS stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, just fighting the government and paying them fees so you can open a business and create jobs. And then pay them taxes. Right, yeah, indeed, yeah. Uh, you know what, I'll make sure Hanson has this. The report is called Barriers to Business. We'll have a link under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. Give us a couple minutes if you want to look at it. Pentagon announced the results of a war game in which it would be China invading Taiwan. We come to China's uh, Taiwan's aid against China. How would that turn out? Among other USA, th- USA. Among other things we can talk about coming up. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Yes, it was worth it. And what the Chinese are doing is what they usually do. The president of China acts like a bully, has his own insecurities. It doesn't mean that I'm going to uh, have him do my the schedule for members of Congress. I agree with you, Nancy Pelosi, on her uh, feelings about Xi and China, and they don't get to tell us what to do. China just announced they're suspending climate talks with the United States as part of a retaliation for her visit. Whatever, they weren't going to go along with anything climate-related anyway. It was just a show. Um, uh, Wall Street Journal with an article over the weekend, the Pentagon declassified a war game, and I think they did this on purpose as much for China as for anybody in the United States. With the scenario of, by the way, have you ever heard anybody talk about how accurate these war games are? I mean, most of these wars never occur. Do we have, I mean, are they within? Oh, right, so there's no way to compare the data to reality. Are they within 80% of accurate, or it's a coin flip of whether they get it right or not? I I don't know. I'd imagine it's like any modeling, garbage in, garbage out. I I don't know. I suppose they try to be as good at it as they can because there's a lot on the line. Anyway, in this war game, China attempts to invade Taiwan and take it, and we come to Taiwan's defense, which isn't a given, by the way, that that would happen. But in this particular war game, that's what happens. And they concluded that China doesn't have the capability to take Taiwan, but that a conflict over the island would leave the U.S. military weakened for years. The Wall Street Journal reporting, in the first three weeks after invading Taiwan, China sank two multi-billion dollar U.S. aircraft carriers, attacked American bases across Japan and on Guam, imagine that, Wow! and and destroyed hundreds of advanced U.S. jet fighters. China's situation was, if anything, worse. It landed troops on Taiwan and seized the island's southern third, but its amphibious fleet was decimated by relentless U.S. and Japanese missile and submarine attacks, and it couldn't resupply its own forces. 
The capital, Taipei, was secure in Taiwanese hands, and Beijing was low on long-range ballistic missiles to counter America's potent air and maritime power. The headline being that uh, China couldn't take it, but it would be very bloody and costly on all sides, which I think is probably why the Pentagon released it. Say, hey, one, we don't think you can take it, and two, you're going to pay a heavy, heavy price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the Chinese communists are saying, yeah, but do you have the nerve? Which is a good question. Do we have we do. Nerve? We'll spend the men. We'll spend the planes. We'll spend our ship. You're saying we, China. Yeah, yeah, in that scenario. Uh, yeah, although, again, the, what they get out of that is kind of unsatisfying, according to that uh, war game, to whatever extent. Or, or uh, uh, I guess it's a uh, computer model. Yeah, but they. What do you call that? What do you, there's a word for that. Doesn't it? Simulation? They, yeah. Thank you. They think long term in a way, as listening to some strategists about this once, in a way that maybe we don't. And how would the. How would. So that plays out. China loses, basically. They lost that war. Um, but we lost a bunch of people, a bunch of stuff. So they try again in a couple of years. Are we still willing to do. You know, fight them off. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. And how it would look when we fight them off is pretty interesting. This is from Defense News. Uh, For clues about how a U.S. Navy of the future may look, consider the 2022 Rim of the Pacific exercise. There was a traditional flotilla of 38 ships and 170 aircraft operating around the Hawaiian Islands, but among the massive collection of equipment were MQ-9B Sea Guardian UAVs. I love those. That's your your flying drones, streaming live video and data feeds back to command centers ashore. Uh, Smaller UAVs also flew, like the V-Bat drone, off the back of the U.S. Navy destroyer Michael Mansour, acting as a remote sensor for the ship. Nearby, a pair of large unmanned ships named Nomad and Ranger patrolled the waters while under the control of staff at the so-called Unmanned Operations Center in California. And in perhaps most highly anticipated experiment of the exercise, the Sea Hunter and Sea Hawk medium unmanned surface vessels each teamed up with a destroyer to show off the power of manned slash unmanned teaming together at sea. And some of these unmanned uh, naval vessels, they look just like the manned stuff and they're armed to the teeth, but we don't have to worry about, it to, you know, sacrificing sailors or what have you. So uh, I don't know any more than I learned from this article, but apparently the service has invested billions of dollars in unmanned development and prototyping with three more USV prototypes under construction, a dozen large UAVs uh, pending, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And they recently updated the navigation plan strategic vision with an outline of a future fleet of about 375 manned ships and 150 unmanned vessels which as a ratio is pretty significant, along with unmanned aircraft to contribute to maritime domain awareness, submarine hunting missions, surface strike, and more. Interesting. Well, did you see the video of the latest robot that I tweeted out from Caltech, which I was just on their campus three days ago? I did not, sir. Um, this particular robot, it it walks, which is, you know, the latest, greatest thing that robots do. Walks like a person, can't be knocked over. But I has, can walk. I'm not impressed. But, but has... Like drone fans on its back, so it can walk and fly a little bit. Yeah. So it walks along and then kind of, kind of can jump down and fly like Spider Man or Superman or whatever. 
Like, and so it could be up on a building, walking along the top of a building, kind of leap down and fly and then land on the ground and run some more. And, and that's... kick you in the head, knock you unconscious and rip out your liver. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good military guy right there that can kind of half run, half fly. You weaponize that thing. That's something. Wow. Wow. So you have an unmanned ship. With like 500 of these things in the hold, they don't care. They're not uncomfortable. They, they don't even know what comfortable is. You don't need to feed them. And it could be a, doesn't matter how hot or cold it is. You hit the shore and they swarm out, running, flying, kicking people in the face, ripping out livers. I mean, of course, that's the future. Of course, China's going to have their own version of that. So, yeesh. My, yeesh indeed. My son got terrified when he saw that video of that flying, walking robot thing. He said, we got to get them before they get us. You might be right. <laughs> Armstrong. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.